Thank you for joining us today as we're going to continue our study in Ephesians chapter 2. Let's pray. Lord, bless your word to our hearts and bless our testimony that we would walk as people who truly know your grace and experience your grace. In Christ's name, amen. So we're going to begin this new uh, section in Ephesians 2, that the transition now as we talk about uh, how this grace is applied, and especially as we're going to talk about now this uh, the topic of Jews and Gentiles and the importance of this uh, concept here. And let's look at um, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 11. Therefore, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who are called, who call themselves the circumcision. And then we have parentheses that done in the body by the hands of men. And so we have here this, this topic that comes up of circumcision and uncircumcision. Now we know that in the epistles, we're going to see this this used quite a bit, especially in Romans, Galatians. We'll see it in Philippians, and the Hebrew, the Greek language here um, this, describes this, but but it comes out in the English. And the idea is circumcision and uncircumcision. Circumcision uh, was the sign and the seal for Israel of their covenant relationship with God. It was very important. And it was something that really marked them off and distinguished them from the nations. And we, we see this especially, it goes back to Genesis chapter 17. The, this predates the Mosaic law. Circumcision is not just a, an aspect of, those, is, is of the law. It is certainly discussed there in the rules and regulations. But it actually goes back to Genesis chapter 17 with the, the giving of the uh, covenant to Abraham, the Abrahamic covenant, which is one of the unconditional covenants uh, in the Old Testament. Some of the covenants have conditions, some are unconditional. This one is, has no conditions once Abraham is called righteous and God gives him this covenant. And it's interesting in chapter 17 of Genesis, this uh, rite of circumcision introduced here into his life and in his progeny is that it's sandwiched in between the description of Abram's name being changed to Abraham and Sarah's, Sarai's name being changed to Sarah. And in the middle of this, in verse 9, then God said to Abraham, As for you, you must keep my covenant, you and your descendants after you, for the generations to come. This is my covenant with you and your descendants after you, the covenant you are to keep. Every male among you shall be circumcised. You are to undergo circumcision. It will be a sign of the covenant between you and me, a sign of the covenant. For the generations to come. And then he goes on to say that even those foreigners uh, who are not Jews by birth, or you know, but those who have come into their household, into their camp, they too must be circumcised. And it says uh, toward the end of verse 13, My covenant in your flesh is to be an everlasting covenant. Any uncircumcised male who has not been circumcised in the flesh will be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. And that makes it clear also in the Mosaic Law. So it is not something that is optional. It, it was something that in obedience to God, they were given and they practiced and it became the, the boundary, if you will, the marking uh, and the sign between uh, Jews and non-Jews. And it was very, very important. We see language about this also in, in the New Testament. For example, in the Philippians, if we go back to the New Testament, Ephesians, Philippians, and in Philippians uh, chapter 2, uh, chapter uh, chapter 3, sorry. Verse 2, Paul says, Watch out for those dogs, those men who do evil, those mutilators of the flesh. For we are the circumcision, we who are the circumcision, we who worship in the Spirit of God, who glory in Christ Jesus. We put no confidence in the flesh. So again, this language of 
the flesh, circumcision, uncircumcision. And then he goes on to say, if anyone else flesh, I am more circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin. So you can see how important this is. Paul says, this is my right of boasting. If I'm going to boast in the flesh, I was circumcised the eighth day of the tribe of Benjamin. So this becomes very important. And um, we need to understand when that language is used in the New Testament, what we're talking about is this boundary, this, this, this sign and seal of this covenant between Israel and non-Israelites, the ethnos, the nations, the Gentiles, the people. So we go back to Ephesians chapter 2, and we're going to look at what are the privileges that came along with being part of that people of Israel that the Gentiles lack. And we're going to see five of them here that are, that are really important. And so let's go back here, uh, verse 12. Remember, so he's saying now, so I think clearly he's talking to, well, we, we saw the verse 11. Remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth. I think he's clearly talking to the, to the Gentiles here at Ephesus. Again, we don't know the exact makeup. It appears that maybe this church was more Gentile than Jewish, but clearly it was a combination. We know that for sure. And he says, remember, verse 12, that at the times, and here are our five points of separation. At the time, you were separate from Christ. So the first thing is you were without Christ. And I do want to make a note here uh, that they were separated from Christ, the Christos, the Messiah, the Old Testament Mashiach. That this idea they were separate from the hope of the Christ. Uh, it's interesting, he didn't say you were separate from Jesus, because even Jews at this time that Paul would be writing to or trying to witness to who did not believe in Jesus were separate from Jesus too. But the Gentiles were separate from the specific hope of the coming Messiah that was going to be that was going to come and, and, and save Israel, set up the glorious kingdom and rule over the world and the uh, millennial kingdom for the entire world. Paul says, you were separate from that hope. You were cut off from that hope as Gentiles. This belonged to the circumcision, to Israel. Secondly, we're going to see that Paul says here, you were excluded from citizenship in Israel. And I made a note there that I think the word citizenship is better than the word commonwealth that some of the translations use. It's a little stronger in that a citizen has all the rights and responsibilities and freedoms of, of a nation, even when they're away from it. If I were to leave uh, the United States proper and go live somewhere else, I still am a citizen of this country. I still have the rights as a citizen of the United States of America. And so the idea here is not just residing in a commonwealth, but that, you, that the Jews have a citizenship. No matter where they live, they are part of God's chosen people, his covenant people. Gentiles, you were you were not part of that. You did not have that that God's chosen people had. The next thing you'll notice, the third one, he says, along with that, and you were strangers to the covenant of the promise. You were aliens. Uh, we see this in the Old Testament a lot, the stranger and the alien, who Israel was to take care of. Remember, when they were in their camp, uh, they were to be cared for as well. And he says, You were you were strangers to the covenants. And I want you to notice the plural here. Most of the time, uh, when it's, this word is found in the, in the New Testament, uh, it's sing, it, is, it is singular, the covenant. Here it's covenants. And some of the authors suggested that we may have in mind here, particularly the unconditional covenants that were truly a blessing to Abraham, the Abrahamic covenant, the Davidic covenant. There will always be a king on the throne from the family of David. No matter, even if your son disobeys me, God says, I will not take the kingdom away like I did to King Saul. It was, a, it was an unconditional covenant. 
resulting in the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, of course. And then also the, the new covenant with the household of Israel from Jeremiah 30 to 34, uh, an unconditional covenant. God is going to do that. Paul says, you are separate. You had no hope in those covenants, those, those amazing blessings of God's grace that he gave. Uh, you were without any connection to that. You were a stranger to those covenants. And then this one, this pretty strong statement, having no hope. I mean, I mean, how much stronger can it be? You, it was, you were hopeless. You, you had no hope as Gentiles. The circumcision had this hope in God. They were his chosen people. The Bible makes that very clear. God called them. He, he chose to set his love upon them. As we mentioned some weeks ago, God chose to set his, his promise and love upon these people as God's covenant people. You were without hope. Uh, hopeless, hopelessness is, is a terrible thing. And, and Paul says, as, as the nations, you were without that hope. And then finally, I mean, he, he just says, you were, you were without God. And you notice the word here, um, uh, atheos is obviously the word that we get what? Atheist from. You, were, you, had, you had no God. You were without God. Now, it's interesting, it's kind of ironical that in the New Testament era, it was actually the Christians and the Jews who were called atheists by their pagan uh, neighbors. The reason for that is, if you think about it, they had no visible God. They had no image. They had no idol. They had nothing that was their God. The others all had images of their God. Israel was prohibited from even making an image in the Old Testament. So the Gentiles, the pagans, looked at them and said, you don't have a God. Where, where's your God? We can show you our God. Go to the temples and we'll show you our gods and the images of our God. And they were considered to not have a God, no God. When in fact, of course, Israel was the only people who had the one true God, the maker of heaven and earth. Paul says, you Gentiles, you actually had no God. You, you, you were atheists. You had no God. And this was your situation in life. And so as we wrap it, and this is kind of small for you to see here, but I just listed all five of these once again. Without God, separated from the hope of the Messiah, alienated from the citizenship in Israel, strangers to the covenant, having no hope, without God in the world. Now, I want you to notice also, you'll see a similar language in Romans chapter 9. In Romans chapter 9 and verses um, 2 through 5. Paul says, I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart, for I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off for Christ for the sake of my brothers, those of my own race, the people of Israel. Then he lists the advantages that they had as people of Israel. Theirs is the adoption as sons. Theirs is the divine glory, the presence of the divine Shekinah glory. Theirs was the covenants. There's the plural again. Theirs, was, theirs were the covenants. And then he says, the receiving of the law the temple, and the promises. And then he says, theirs are the patriarchs, beginning with Abraham. And from them is traced the human ancestry of Christ, who is God over all, forever praised. Amen. And Paul says, I have great ceasing and anguish in my heart to reach my own people, because these are the advantages that they had as the people of God. So we contrast, we go back to Ephesians, and so Paul is contrasting what the Gentiles, their situation was like before, and what now, as we've been talking about, they have the opportunity as being part of God's grace. So let's, so verse 13. 
But now, notice that we have the same we saw earlier, but God. It's, it's thrown in the front for emphasis. But now, now in this dispensation, now in this era of the church, the body of Christ, but now in Christ Jesus, and you see that phrase, in Christ Jesus again. We keep coming across that. It's this uh, spatial idea that you were placed in Christ Jesus. You, you are in Christ and God sees you in Christ. But now, in Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. And this idea of far and near, you will find this in the Old Testament. Israel has been is brought near to God. Uh, the lost are far away from God. And you'll see this throughout, especially the Old Testament. And then it comes into the New Testament, far and near. You who were far away, Paul says, by the blood of Jesus Christ, you have now been brought near. And he notes again, it's in Christ. The Gentiles, they are not placed into Israel. That's not what's presented here. We're going to see that. What we're not talking about is now that the, the Gentiles now have the privilege of being part of Israel. No, what we're going to see here is Gentile and Jew alike are in Christ. And this is the point, that, the importance of this here, this unity this, this, this equalness in Jesus Christ, apart from any works of the law, that they now can share in the grace of God, you who were once without hope and far off. So please remember that as we talk about this. It's in Christ. That's the important thing. As we come to the end today, and again, of course, the blood of Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus Christ that is the basis of this new hope for all people, Jew and Gentile, circumcised and uncircumcised. I want you to notice we, that we work through this passage. We're going to see an important word three times here. That is peace. Peace with God and peace with one another. Reconcile to God and to one another. Uh, just in closing, verse, uh, verse 14. For he himself is our peace. That is Jew and Gentile alike. Um, verse 15, by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations, his purpose was to create in himself one new man out of two, thus making peace. And then finally, the last is verse 17. In verse 17, he came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. God's shalom, God's peace is going to be the theme here in this rest of this chapter or this section here of what God is doing today. You who were called uncircumcision by the circumcision, you were without all these blessings that, that Israel was given, but now you are brought near to the same God with them into this new people of God, the church, the body of Christ, and God has made peace, peace with God and peace with one another. God bless you. We're going to continue this as we continue this important theme in our next lesson. Hi, thank you for joining us today as we're going to continue our study in Ephesians chapter 2. Let's pray. Lord, bless your word to our hearts and bless our testimony that we would walk as people who truly know your grace and experience your grace in Christ's name.